You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Also see Marco Contreras sitting on the front row. You're amazing, man. If you don't know, Marco was at 5 p.m. Uh, debating four other uh, Democrat candidates, uh, not for other, he's a Republican candidate, but for other Democratic candidates for the state assembly seat of the 79th district here in California. And uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was prepping, but I just felt like that third song was prophetic. It was for you. We've already won. You'd actually already won the debate before you'd even started. You'd already won it. You're going to get a... Uh, a ballot for a special election in the mail. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. That may not be appropriate, but you, you will be getting a ballot. Vote for somebody. If you're not going to vote for Marco, vote for Oscar Barba, his stunt double. Come on. Come on. All right, hey, I want to um, teach really just like, like literally 10 minutes, and then I want to just spend a little bit more time praying. Um, I have, uh, we spent a little extra time there, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zip through this. It's going to be amazing. Um, title of my message is The Anatomy of a Word. The Anatomy of a Word. And when you, you know, in church you hear um, this idea of, oh, I just, I just need a word from God. I just want to hear a word from God. This, you know, we call the word of God. The, the word, word gets thrown around a lot in church, okay? Now, in, in New Testament Greek, there's actually two different words. I know it's very confusing. Words and there's two different words, logos and rhema, that translate to the one English word, word. <laughs> w o r d. Okay. So we translate them both both the same. So you'll see in your Bible. When you see word, it can either be the Greek word logos or the Greek word rhema. Now, logos is where we get the word logic. And logos, when the Bible uses the Greek word logos, it means the written, infallible, immortalized word of God. This, the Bible. That's when it says logos, that's what it's talking about. The word of God, this. God chose to speak through people, through prophets, through fishermen and kings and poets once, okay? And it was over an extended period of time until we have this. This is the logos, the word of God. He only, this, there's nothing, nothing ever gets added to this. If anybody ever starts saying that there is, just run for the hills, okay? This is the logos, the logic. This is the, the principles that govern the universe are in the logos, the word of God. But then we also hear, and that's in you know, Isaiah 40, verse eight, I think they've got it up behind me, um, says the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the logos, the word of God endures forever. Logos, okay? Now there's another word for word. That's very confusing. And that's the Greek word rhema. Rhema, can, is, can, you can almost translate it as an, an utterance. And it's the, the now speaking that God does. God is not done speaking. He didn't just speak once through his logos and then just say, all right, cool, you guys have fun, interpret it, good luck. Some of it's really confusing. You're gonna read Leviticus and you're gonna be like, I'm gonna boil a, a goat in its mother's milk. Very, thank goodness God's still speaking, okay? Now, Important note, the rhema of God never contradicts the logos of God. So if you come to me and say, oh, 
just got a rhema word from God. God told me to divorce my wife and marry my secretary. No, no. Because that contradicts the logos of God. Okay, so then you know your, your rhema radar is a little off. Okay, if it contradicts the logos of God, you've got some problems. That's the difference between um, logos and rhema. The, um, and Jesus, when he was being tempted in the desert, said to the devil, he said, man does not live on bread alone, but every rhema, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's like our daily, and the best way to explain it is it's like, a rhema word, and it can come in the form of a prophetic word, like someone can say something, and you know, it's like, it's, sometimes it can be kind of weird. Someone may come up to you and say, man, I just saw like a fishing boat, and I saw you reaching down and grabbing a crab by its hind legs, and I don't know, and, and God will, in crazy ways, will speak to you through these prophetic words, and that's a rhema word, and what it does is it personalizes the logos of God. Now I'm going to give you an example and it's going to tie it all together. You ready? Okay. So uh, several, I guess it was several years ago, maybe two years ago, I was in a bit of a career crisis. I had an engineering job. I'm an engineer by trade, still am, and um, was working for this company that was uh, by, by all accounts, a pretty big disaster. Like, like, and, I, and I had given a lot of myself to this company. I believed in it very deeply, wanted it to work. And um, there's just a lot of reasons why it was falling apart on kind of the ownership level and the leadership level. And, um, and it was, you know, like we started to like, like get emails like, hey, we can't pay everybody this month. Like that's bad when that happens. Right. And so I'm just like, man, God, what is going on? What do you have for me? I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I'm giving, I'm, I'm tithing. I'm, I'm like, why, why is everything just completely falling apart in my career? I was too afraid to leave that job because it was, I made pretty good money. And, and so it was just like, I was in such, such turmoil over. And then I was at an empower night and a gentleman by the name of Christian Franco, who's um, serving right now in kids church, just an, an amazing man of God. He was praying for me. Okay. He was praying for me. And I don't really remember what he prayed. It must not have been that memorable. Okay. Just, you know, whatever. But then he said one thing that has stuck with me for years. And as he was praying, he just said, you know, and again, I don't remember some, 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 some. And I just hear God saying, it's not unraveling, it's unfolding. And it was just like, you know, I'm just sitting there like just listening and it's like, it's not unraveling, it's unfolding, folding, 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 folding. And it just was like, shoom, it just like pierced my heart. And it was like, he shouted it to my heart. And I knew that God spoke to me through just this random guy praying. And that rhema word has sustained me as I've navigated some of this career stuff, it gave me the faith to leave that job, to go start my own engineering consultancy. And when I would face these moments of uncertainty and, and, a, and a contract would fall through, I would say, you know what? It's not unraveling, it's unfolding. I declare it's not unraveling, it's unfolding. Now, that, it's really basically the same thing as Jeremiah 29, 11, which is in here, the Logos which I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, right? I've all heard that. And it's also kind of the same as Isaiah 55 that says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord, right? It's basically just a reworded version of, of these Logos things, but it was so deeply personal to me. And it was like the God of heaven bent down 
and just whispered something in my ear that personalized the word, the logos of God. And that's what rhema is, when God speaks to you specifically, you about your situation, your circumstance. And it can come in, in a bunch of forms. God can just whisper something to your heart. Somebody could be praying for you and it could come through another Christian. You can hear it in a song. You can, whatever. God uses whatever to, to give us these rhema downloads. And so what I want to really quickly do is unpack what do you do with that? When you have a promise from God, a word from God, what is the anatomy of that word? How does it look? How do we see it come to pass? And what I'm believing for tonight is that there's some of you who already have these promises. God has, has whispered to you, and maybe it's been years, years that you've been waiting on a promised spouse, years that you've been waiting on a promised baby, or a breakthrough in your business, or a reconciliation in your marriage. And maybe there's some of you in here that, that nothing comes to mind. You don't really have, and I'm believing that tonight God is going to whisper to you, that he's going to give you a promise that's personalized to you, and we're going to believe God for it tonight. So I want to look at one quick story um, of, uh, of Jesus and how this kind of works and what the outworking looks like, and it's in Mark chapter 5. I'm going to go super quick here. So um, it's the story of a man named Jairus, and Jairus was a ruler of a synagogue, and I'll, I'll paraphrase. He comes to Jesus and says, hey, my daughter is very sick. She's at the point of death. Will you come and heal her? So point number one, in order for this to work, you have to want something and believe that God can deliver. Pretty simple, right? In order for God to speak to you about a promise, you have to actually want something for him to promise to you. And you have to believe that he is able to deliver. So Jairus comes to Jesus, says, says, you know, teacher, will you please come heal my daughters at the point of death? Jesus says, yeah, sure, let's do it. I'm ready, let's rock and roll. So they're walking and then they bump into, and the Bible says there's just this throng of people and Jesus just kind of working his way through the crowd and someone reaches out and grabs hold of his garment and the Bible says that Jesus feels power leave him. He says, hey, who touched me? Disciples are like, everybody touched you, bro. And so he's like, no, I felt power leaving. He was it. This woman comes up. They have this whole exchange. Now, the whole time, I'm sure Jairus is just like, come on, let's go. Let my daughter, we're, we're on, you have robbed my miracle here, lady. Like we're on the way to heal my daughter. And Jesus is just taking his sweet time. And I'm sure Jairus is just kind of like, come on, let's go. Let's get a move on. And as he's wrapping, as Jesus is wrapping up this interaction, some members of Jairus' household come and they say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? So in Mark chapter five, that's where we're gonna pick it up, verse 35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue, which would be Jairus, from Jairus' house, who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Verse 36, very important. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, to Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. Point number two, choose the word that you're going to amen. You will always, 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 always find two contrary words. You'll have the word of the Lord, the promise of God, and then there will be, I promise you, a contrary word. And it may be from, in this case, it was from Jairus' house. It was his family members, his servants that said, hey, sorry, she's dead, very sad, wish, wish it wouldn't have turned out this way, but she's dead. 
contrary word. And then Jesus, when he heard that word, issued his contrary word and said, don't be afraid, only believe. You will always have a contrary word to the promise that God has given you. And which one are you going to amen? When you have a diagnosis from a doctor that says, I'm sorry, it's terminal, but Jesus says, no, by my stripes, you are healed. Are you going to put your amen with the doctors? Or are you going to put your amen with Jesus Christ? You have to choose where you're going to put your amen. And sometimes that contrary word, I could say probably most of the time, comes from you, your own inner dialogue, where you are saying, and in my case, when, when Christian Franco gave me this, this word, God gave me this word through Christian Franco about it's not unraveling, it's unfolding, there were moments where I was like, no, it's unraveling. <laughs> yeah, it's unraveling. There's no way, it's not gonna happen. But I had to realign my amen with the word that I heard from the Lord, that, it, that it's not unraveling, it's unfolding. God has my very best. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. That he has plans for me, that he's gonna prosper me. That, you with me? You will always hear a contrary word and you have to decide where you're going to put your amen. And then in verse 37, right after Jesus tells Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. This is important too. Verse 37, and he, Jesus, permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of Jairus and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping, verse 40, and they ridiculed him. Again, you have a word and a contrary word. The word of the Lord was, she's not dead, she's sleeping. The word, the contrary word was, they ridiculed him. That's ridiculous. You don't know what you're talking about. Look at her. She's dead. It was a contrary word. They ridiculed him. Verse 40, but when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Verse 41, then he took the child by the hand and said to her, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and walked for she was 12 years old. Point three, You've got to put yourself in an atmosphere of faith. Jesus brought Peter, James, and John and permitted no one else to follow him. That means nine of his disciples, his closest, he was like, you guys aren't ready for this. I need the big boys, baby. I need Peter, James, and John. Peter, by all accounts, was a bit of a screw up, but he was a man of faith. He's the only one that got out of the boat and said, Lord, if it's you, let me walk to you. Peter, James, and John were men of faith. He gets there, Jesus gets to the house, and he hears all of this ridicule, and he says, you guys can get your butts outside. The only people that were in the room, the only people that Jesus permitted to affect the atmosphere was Peter, James, John, Jesus, the father, the mother, and this little girl, because the miraculous moves in an atmosphere of faith. And I wanna tell you that you find yourself tonight in an atmosphere of faith. And it doesn't matter if you have the faith, which is amazing, it's not up to you. Even if you're in here and someone drug you and you are so disgruntled, so ticked off at God, you couldn't believe him for anything, you're surrounded by people 
that believe in the power of the Almighty God. And there is a massive precedence in the Logos of God for this principle. There were 12 spies that were going to go in to scout out the promised land. Ten of them said, oh man, we can't. There are giants. We are. This, we can't take this thing. We're going to get our butts kicked. There were two that said, what are you talking about? Their protection has departed them. This is our land. It's time to go in and take possession of it. And, and God said, I'm not going to work in this atmosphere of unbelief. And literally waited an entire generation for those 10 and all the rest of them to die. So that he's like, now I've got an atmosphere of faith. Let's go in and take the promised land. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are sitting in a prison and they're singing songs and praising and worshiping God, just just exhorting their faith. And the Bible says that the other prisoners were listening, weren't singing, weren't believing, weren't praying, weren't worshiping, weren't praising. But because of the faith of Paul and Silas, because there was an atmosphere of faith. Bible says that a great earthquake came, that the walls shook, that the prison doors flung open, that the walls fell down, every chain and shackle fell off. And the Bible says that everyone left the prison free because of the faith of two. Atmospheres of faith matter. Mark chapter two, there was a, uh, a man who was paralyzed who had friends who were trying to get him to Jesus and they couldn't find a way into the house. It was packed. They carry him up on the roof. They rip the roof tiles off and they lower him down. And Jesus says, because of your faith, you are healed. Doesn't say anything about this guy. Don't know anything about him. He could have had no faith. He could have not even wanted to be there. But one thing I'll say about this guy is he surrounded himself with good people, with people of faith, with friends that believe for him enough to do whatever it takes to carry him to the feet of Jesus. An atmosphere of faith matters. And you find yourself in an atmosphere of faith tonight. So I want you to hop up to your feet as I close here. And I'd love it if you just close your eyes for a second. Maybe we'll bring the lights down just a little bit, set the vibe. And maybe just turn your palms open towards heaven and I want you to just ask what has God promised you I want you to ask yourself what has God promised you and maybe it's from a long 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 time ago maybe like I said maybe it's the promise of a spouse and you've been waiting for years and years and years maybe it's the promise of a baby Maybe it's the promise that your marriage will be better. Maybe it's the promise that uh, a child of yours will come back to the house of the Lord. Maybe it's a promise of, of owning a home in San Diego, of providing financial stability for your family. Maybe it's a promise of healing. And if you don't have that promise, I believe right now under the sound of my voice, that word is coming to you. I want you to listen. I want you to open your heart, open your ears. What is God saying to you? What is he promising you? Because I can tell you that promises are your portion. That you are a child of God. That you are a son and a daughter or a daughter of the most high God. That he has an inheritance for you. The Bible says that he, Jesus, came to give you life and life more abundantly. And maybe that's the promise for you tonight, just a more abundant life, to laugh more, 
to make more amazing memories with your families. I don't know what it is, but I believe that God is speaking to you right now. And what I want to do is I want to walk you through a prayer that renounces unbelief. And I'd be willing to bet that every single one of us, myself included, as I confessed a bit earlier, have been guilty of unbelief and believing for whatever reason that God can't do it. And so right now, I want you just to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, right now, I renounce any unbelief that exists or has existed in me. I declare that with you, all things are possible. I break contract with any agreement that you are unable to do anything. Tonight I declare that this is my night, that breakthrough is coming to me and my household in Jesus' name. Amen. So in the last two minutes we've got, I want you just, I want to just pray over a couple groups of people. If you're in here, and I'd love it if you just bow your head and close your eyes, let's just be a little more private moment for people. If you're in here and you have sickness in your body, if you are ill, if you've been given a diagnosis, if you have pain, no one's looking around. This is a moment between you and God. I'm going to pray for you. I want you to just lift your hand right now, and I'm going to pray for you. And actually, I'd love it if you would just put your, I mean, if it's like your pinky toe, maybe you don't bend over and touch your pinky toe, maybe just touch your leg. But I'd love for you to actually place your hand on whatever ails you. And actually, I, I hear right now that there's somebody in here and you have been given the diagnosis of liver damage. And I just, I feel like it's because of your own choices. It's cirrhosis. And you actually don't believe that God will heal you because your illness is because of your choices. And I just hear God saying to you right now, that's not the way it works. You're my son, you're my daughter. God, I thank you right now for every hand lifted. God, we in this atmosphere of faith right now, tonight, believe that with God, all things are possible. God, we declare that healing is our portion, that sickness, disease, decay, and death are not your design. They belong to the devil, but because of the work accomplished, at the cross of Jesus Christ, healing belongs to your sons and your daughters. And so right now, I command sickness to leave bodies right now. God, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would infiltrate cells, you would infiltrate kidneys and skin, God, and eyeballs and ears, that you would open deaf ears, God, that you would, that cataracts would fall off of eyeballs right now, God, that organs are functioning at full capacity right now in Jesus' mighty name. We declare that healing is our portion. That sickness does not belong to the children of God, but healing belongs to the children of God in Jesus' mighty name. If you're believing God right now, if you're believing God right now for a breakthrough in your business, in your job, if you find yourself in dire financial straits, I want you to be brave and lift your hand. Don't, who cares what people see in you? Don't, don't leave here the same because you're worried about what someone else is gonna think. That's pretty silly, okay? And I wanna pray right now for financial breakthrough to come to your house. God, I thank you for every hand lifted. 
God, your word says that you have given us the power to get wealth, to establish your covenant in the earth. God, that the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And every hand lifted, if they're a Christian, if they're a believer, they are righteous. God, we are not sinners saved by grace. We were sinners who have been saved by grace, and we are now saints. We are now the sons and daughters of God. So we command right now business contracts to flow. We declare new leads, new employees, God, new breakthrough in business. We declare Jericho strategy, things that don't make sense, business strategies that we would never think of on our own, that are rhema downloads to our minds, to our hearts, God. We declare breakthrough financially, God. We declare unity in marriages over finance, that husbands and wives who have spent years and years and years fighting over finance, they're gonna find themselves with reconciliation right now in Jesus' name. God, we declare that the people of the East Lake Campus of Awakened Church are a generous people, that we are gonna see this city shift because of our generosity, that Imperial Beach, Coronado, San Ysidro, East Lake, Chula Vista are gonna change because of the wealth that you pour in to your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.